Hey everybody, and welcome to the Healing Circle Podcast, a space for conversation, education, and meditation about all things faith, relationships, and mental health. I'm your host, Kobe Campbell, and I'm a licensed therapist here in North Carolina. Whether you are here to heal, to grow, or to learn, we got something just for you. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back, welcome back. Today it's just me and you. We're having a little family time. We're gonna have a good old conversation. And I'm really excited about um, just starting this conversation with you guys and discussing more about emotions and emotional intelligence. And that's what we're gonna be chatting about today. So on my favorite or one of my favorite podcasts, the hosts um, had said something that had me like, oh, let me turn this off, I can't right now. Um, they mentioned, um, what did they say? They said feelings are not facts. And it was in context of like, when you're frustrated with someone and you're feeling something, you know, you got to think about your feelings or your feelings are not facts. So disregard them. Um, they didn't say disregard them, but that was the context in which it was used. And it made me think, you know, I have been developing thoughts on this for a very long time internally, um, and I should probably share them with people, especially now that I have a platform to do so. So I disagree with the idea. No, well, rather, I agree with the idea that feelings are not facts, but I just don't feel like that's a complete idea. I think that feelings are not facts, but they lead to them. Emotions are such a foundational part of our identity and our everyday existence, and we cannot separate emotions from the human experience. God designed it that way. And so there's a particular empathy and sadness um, I have for people who (laughs) emote often like me because it can be difficult to exist in a world where people are constantly disregarding this thing that is like, how you function, you know, and really should be how all people function. Um, So I see it as emotions are tools. Um, If you're constantly trying to put them away or you never need them, you're probably not interacting with them correctly. You know, you don't use a screwdriver to try and hammer a nail into a wall. And I think a lot of people don't know how to interact with their emotions. And so they just try to disregard them. And I don't even think they realize that they can't disregard them because you're having a feeling about a feeling. Now what? It's like inception, truly. And I think I hear um, this rhetoric about, you know, how to deal with emotions and and how to um, interact with emotions that other people are experiencing Um, or we may be experiencing whether it pertains to, I hear it a lot in the context of entrepreneurship, whether it pertains to entrepreneurship or whether it pertains to friendships or relationships that we have um, in decision-making. It's like, oh, if you're making a decision, you need to put your emotions aside. And it's like, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. Emotions are literally a part of our survival guide. They're a biological survival guide. Yes, they can lead us away from what our current objective is, but they're going to lead you somewhere. And that's why I say feelings are not facts, but they lead to them. They're going to lead to a fact. It may not be the fact that you want to deal with. Put that on the side, deal with that later in your quiet time or with a trusted person. But like your emotions are going to lead you to something that is fact. 
Um, I feel like you shouldn't have to disregard your emotions to make a sound and informed decision. And it's um, like this cultural norm to act like he put his emotions aside or she put her emotions aside and made this decision. It's like, one, if someone can separate emotions from the human experience, please show me. Um, let us just know. But also, why would you need to do that? Could it be that your emotions actually play a pivotal part in your ability to make sound and informed decisions? Yeah, they do. I think the dismissal of the value of feelings as we process and interact and discern things in our lives affects our ability to connect and empathize with other people. So that is why I... uh, speak so boldly against the idea that feelings are not facts and speak so boldly against the idea of like bossing up or putting your feelings aside. Um, granted, I do think there's a time and a space to not honor what your feelings are leading you to do, but you don't have to put them aside. There's a difference between dismissal and regulation. And I think a lot of people don't know how to regulate their emotions and that's why they're always trying to dismiss them. Now that jumps into... What I really want to talk about today is emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence, also known as EQ, refers to the ability to identify and manage one's own emotions as well as the emotions of others. There are five components to EQ, self-awareness, self-regulation, self-motivation, and empathy plus social awareness. When we talk about self-awareness, can you recognize what emotion you're feeling And can you recognize how it affects you? That sounds like such a basic thing, but it's truly a skill that is developed. It's truly something that is difficult for many grown adults, even with children, to process. You know, as I, so I utilize EFT, which is emotionally focused therapy with many of my clients and have to remind them like, hey, emotions are physical responses. They are chemicals being released in your body and you are experiencing them. Let's talk about that. I use a lot of mindfulness because many of my clients don't know what they're feeling. It's like, hey, what are you experiencing right now? I don't know, my chest just feels really tight. Okay, let's process, are you afraid? Are you angry? And having to, to develop this emotional literacy that so many people don't have and that is terrifying, not just for ourselves, but also for our ability to connect to other people. And as a generation of people, um, for our society, I think our society has like a very low emotional understanding, very low emotional IQ. And unfortunately, as we are in a pursuit to have more things, to have more pleasure, to have more access, to have more power, people are continuing to encourage low IQ for the sake of things, for the sake of status, for the sake of power. And I want to make sure that if you're one of my listeners, you're not one of those people, okay? So the next component of um, EQ or emotional intelligence is self-regulation. So this is managing disruptive emotions and impulses. So this is when someone says something at work, someone touches your hair, eats your lunch, 
and you want to snap. So what we don't want to do is say, don't be angry because mm, you're already angry, but let's redirect that energy. Okay. I'm feeling real tight right now. Let me go on a walk outside. Let me go interact with people. A big part of self-regulation too is trustworthiness, right? And that's about maintaining standards of honesty and integrity. A lot of us don't know how to regulate our emotions because we don't even want to be honest with ourselves about what we're feeling. No one wants to share that they're embarrassed. You know, no one wants to share that they're afraid. No one wants to share that they're nervous. And when we're not honest with ourselves, we don't necessarily encourage other people to be honest with themselves either. And that's how low emotional intelligence Um, that's how a lack of empathy is like spread. And I feel like it can spread like a disease. You know, I was talking to my sister the other day about how something that has been really difficult for me and I've seen be really difficult for other people is people who are vulnerable, which is a sign of emotional intelligence, often are seen as weak, right? Because we're always humbling ourselves. We're always saying, you know what, I was wrong. We're always saying, hey, I know this sounds so stupid, but that really hurt my feelings. And if the other person who's on the receiving side does not have emotional intelligence, their response is going to be, you're being childish. That's silly. Why does that matter to you? Rather than, tell me more. What was frustrating about that? Is there something else that happened that reminds you of that moment? Let's talk about it. How can I make you feel more loved? Also, maybe asserting boundaries and saying like, hey, I want to continue doing this. It's really important to me. But let's talk about how it is really painful for you and what we're going to do about it. Emotional intelligence, it, it almost demands humility. And most people don't want to have to deal with the pain that comes with that. I don't know many people who want to. So let's talk about now self-motivation. That's the ability to strive to improve or meet a standard of excellence. People with emotional intelligence have ups and downs like everyone else. And obviously emotional intelligence is not just something you have or don't have. It's a spectrum like many things. But these are people who are able to say, hey, I do not feel good. I want to meet this goal. I feel like I'm going to disappoint somebody, but I just can't. Now, if we look back over what I just said, like I acknowledged what I wanted to do. I acknowledged my feelings and I acknowledged what I was going to do. On the other hand, another emotionally um, intelligent person may say, I'm not feeling well might feel like I'm going to disappoint somebody, but I'm going to do it anyways. And I think that it's important that we are able to be able to be self-motivated, but also all of these qualities are things that you develop. It's possible to rewire your brain. My therapist told me that it's really hard to imagine um, your life is anything other than what it is until someone drops in and presents a new possibility. So if you're 
a person who doesn't deal well with emotion and you avoid people who do acknowledge emotion, you're not going to get any better at dealing with emotion. So the last component of emotional intelligence is empathy and social awareness. Y'all already know how I feel about empathy, okay? You already know I feel for people. I cry with my clients and I enjoy that. I enjoy that part of my job. And it's not like I'm waiting for, for them to say something so a tear can drop. But I think that a lot of people have never experienced what it means for someone to truly empathize. Brene Brown has a beautiful video on empathy and the difference between empathy and sympathy. Um, essentially, it says sympathy is looking at someone else's pain and saying, yeah, that sucks. And empathy is getting down there with somebody in the depth of their pain and feeling it with them. So many people have missed opportunities. So many people have seen other people um, observe their pain but not engage with it. People can't engage with pain in other people when they don't engage with the pain in themselves. You can't truly connect to other people unless you allow yourself to connect with what you are feeling within yourself. Those dreams that you have of being a CEO, of being a leader, of being a mother, of being a husband, of being a wife, of being a father, all of those positions, all of those jobs require actual interaction and intimacy a successful mother, father, and friend is an intimate mother, father, or friend. But if we don't want to acknowledge our emotions, how can we become intimate with people? I don't know if that's possible. Empathy is um, defined as sensing other people's feelings and perspective and taking an active interest in their concerns. Right? And that's part of social awareness is being able to know the body language of someone who's sad because you've observed your own body language when you're sad. You know, being able to know that when someone's uncomfortable and they're avoiding eye contact, that your brain can say, hey, I do that. I wonder if they're feeling uncomfortable. Again, being able to connect to other people successfully, it necessitates that you connect to yourself and what you're experiencing. So for those of you who don't really believe in this whole EQ thing, uh, it's not that popular. Uh, Actually, it is really popular, but maybe you think it's not that important. Maybe you think whatever. So in a study um, that was looking at the difference between IQ and EQ, they found that people with average IQs outperformed those with high IQs 70% of the time. And they found out that those people with average IQs had high EQs. So essentially what this study is saying is if you have an average IQ, but you have a high EQ, you will outperform or you can outperform people with high IQs 70% of the time. EQ is responsible for 58% of your job performance. 90% of top performers have high EQ. People with high EQs make $29,000 more annually than their low EQ counterparts. If you're really trying to boss up, if you're really trying to make money moves, 
if you're really trying to be a CEO, COO, CFO, CE, whatever, you need to engage with your emotions. Because what good is it for you to be over people that you can't connect with, that you can't empathize with? People don't want to work for robots. They want to work for people who care. They want to work for people who they believe are invested in their well-being. And how can you be invested in the well-being of someone if you're not invested in your own well-being? What makes you a boss in your life or in your work, in your family, isn't your ability to disregard emotions. It's your ability to efficiently interact with them. To efficiently interact with them. When I'm angry, my voice raises. Also, when I'm excited, my voice raises. But when I'm angry, my voice raises. I have to be conscious of how my tone of voice comes off when I'm upset. Right? So for me, I have to pause. You might want to do the rapid fire back and forth, but I have to pause and be like, okay, Kobe, breathe in, breathe out. Now say, think about what you want to say. Now say it. Now, do I do that perfectly all the time? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Not at all. But what is intelligent about that behavior is reflection. You can't reflect on something you keep trying to shove away. (laughs) You can't keep being like, oh, okay, well, I feel angry. I got to push these emotions away. But now I'm going to develop a high IQ or EQ. No, that's not how it works. I feel like the true issue is that emotions bring up things that we don't want to address. Feelings are not facts, but they lead to them. And those facts that our feelings are leading to, we don't want to talk about it. Why do you get upset when your significant other doesn't text back immediately? Is it because you have abandonment issues? Abandonment? Um, issues from your childhood? Why do you not like people touching you? Is it because someone crossed that boundary at some point in time and you don't want to talk to someone about it? Why do you feel like you always need to repeat what you're saying? Is it because you grew up in a family where you feel like you weren't heard? So many people talk about move on, push forward, forget the past, go for your future. But your past in many ways determines your future. If you don't go back and deal with the things that affect how you relate to yourself and how you relate to other people, your past is always going to be a part of your future. And the worst part is you're not even going to know how. At least when I go back and I deal with my stuff, As I go in the future, I know where to look for things. I know to think, "Mm, there's a possibility I might be a little greedy here. There's a possibility that I might get a little snappy here. There's a possibility that I'm not going to want to share myself with these people. There's a possibility that I'm going to have trouble communicating myself. But when you don't go back, when you don't walk through those moments that were formative in your life, those moments that defined who you are and how you relate to yourself and to other people, what you believe of yourself and what you believe of other people. Your future is not yours. Because that little kid who's being ignored in your heart and in your mind 
is going to be running that office when you're the CEO. The little kid's going to pop out and you're, you're not going to know when. You're not going to know how. You're not going to know with who. You're going to be triggered by things you don't even realize. And that is why it's so important for us to develop EQ, to develop understanding. And that always begins with acknowledgement. So I want to challenge you guys to take one day, or even half a day, even an hour. By the end of your day or by the end of that half day or the hour, I want you to grab a journal, write down what you felt, positive or negative, and ask yourself why. And then ask yourself, when's the first time or the most memorable time I've felt this emotion? And watch what comes up. Watch what comes up. Take some time to talk to your friends, your popping group chat, your small group, your significant other, whoever, and maybe prompt them to do it too. If not, just discuss what's going on with you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Healing Circle. Um, I appreciate you guys having a little time to listen and learn. You guys mean so much to me. And until the circle comes back around, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Take a moment to rate, comment, and share this episode with someone you feel needs to hear it. Every single comment matters and makes it a little bit easier for someone to find the podcast. Happy healing.